Hey, ass butt. Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. I'm trying so hard not to burp right now. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> the look on your face, you're just like holding your throat like, oh. <laughs> you know, I was like, no, this is the worst time. Okay, you know what, though? It's it's past. So, okay. <laughs> you know, Sorry. hold on. I just realized that my microphone, so Travis moved a bunch of shit around in here, and my microphone is on the other side of the room. It's plugged in. But I <laughs> I'm like, you should oh. get it. <laughs> I'm getting it. Like, you know, I don't know that it's actually... We've had this conversation so many times about, like, is it actually working from the microphone or is it not? I don't know. So this might not even make a difference. But uh, I thought you were doing it from your through your computer. I thought you weren't microphoning it at all. Well, that's the thing is, like, for the longest time, I was doing it through the microphone. And then it when I would plug in uh, or when I would start Skype for some reason, now all of a sudden it doesn't use the microphone unless I click on the microphone thing because it, like, takes it off. But also, I think the sound has sounded better <laughs> without it. So I'm just like, awesome. whatever setting the computer decides to use that day is what we're going to go with because okay. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> uh, we are never going to be professionals. That's okay. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> okay, so today we're talking about season 11, episode 5, called Thin Lizzie. So we start out at the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast in Fall River, Massachusetts. Uh, A young woman is looking at herself in a mirror. Is she a young woman? Is she an an older teenager? Uh, uh, She's in that in-betweeny place. Yeah, I feel like she was more like teenager than anything, but yeah, um, I mean, maybe like 20, you know? Yeah, I was like 18 to 20. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, technically is a young woman, so, okay. I mean, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, okay. All right, she's looking at herself in a mirror. Um, There is a young man with her, also an older teenager dude. Okay. Uh, The the girl says, this place is way creepier in person. The dude says, hell yeah, it is. Ghostfacers can't capture the rage vibes. Okay, I just want to like, yay! He knows who the ghost facers are. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's just a whole a whole thing in his in his world. I, I think that's great. <laughs> <laughs> the girl says, "You think we'll see anything?" The guy says, "You know why I got this room? It's supposed to get the heavier paranormal action." Uh, the guy like lowers a needle on one of those old phonograph record player thingies. I uh, record player, yeah. Okay, and the song Daisy Daisy starts to play. Uh, The girl listens for a sec and says, and now we're in The Shining. (laughs) Uh, Just then, the lights start to flicker, and then they go out. The guy is really excited about it and says, oh, crap. Uh, The girl looks scared, however, 
And the guy says, ooh, she's coming to get you. (laughs) The girl says, shut up. He moves over to her and says, don't worry, I'm here. That's what we came here for, right? Suddenly, also, what do you think the, you're going to do if it is something that's, like, paranormal? That's fine. Whatever. You think you're stronger than a paranormal thing? I don't think so. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're not. You need a plan. Mm-hmm. For real. Yep. Yeah. Um, also, I can't remember. Have you seen The Shining? I feel like yeah. we've had this conversation 800 times. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> it's been a minute right. since I've seen it, but I have seen it. Okay. Uh, where am I? Okay. Uh, suddenly the closet door slowly creaks open. The guy walks over to it and he's got like his hand in a fist ready for fighting, I guess. The paranormal <laughs> ghost, These whatever. These fists are made for fighting. That was dumb. Uh, <laughs> no, I, it could have gone, it could have gone in another direction, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what direction? With his fist? With his fist? Oh, good grief. Okay. <laughs> I, well, I, that, that's the only other direction, I think. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, he opens the door wider, uh, but there's nothing to see. So he turns back to the girl and says, huh, the hinges are falling. Uh, but just then he notices a dark hooded figure behind the girl. Uh, he stares at the hooded figure. Figure. The girl says, what uh and then the figure raises a hatchet and swings it right into the back of the girl i think it's the back of the girl he swings it into her pretty sure there's some there's some sounds uh (laughs) she she drops and the guy like completely abandons her and runs to the door to get out of the room but the security chain is latched and he doesn't have the time to undo it before he also gets chopped so lots of chopping and then we get our opening title sequence. <laughs> so we cut to the bunker. Sam is sitting at a table and Dean walks in. Dean says, yo, don't suppose you got a 20 on the darkness. Sam says, ah, well, I thought I had something earlier. Half a town flipped their gourds and started attacking people, but it turns out they'd eaten rabid possum meat. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> yup. Dean says, okay, they do realize that possum is a giant rat, right? Sam says, it's a marsupial. Dean says, huh? Sam says, not the point. Check this out. And he shows Dean a web page. Sam says, uh, a couple was axe murdered in Fall Rivers, Massachusetts at, wait for it, the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast Museum. Dean says, a B&B and a museum. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a tourist trap at all. <laughs> Sam says, I mean, the thing is, the inn was Lizzie Lizzie Borden's actual house. In 1892, she hacked up her mom and stepdad there, or allegedly hacked them up. She was acquitted and spent the rest of her days in Fall Rivers, hounded and persecuted by the townspeople. Dean says, so you're thinking revenge killing. Sam shrugs, and Dean says, why now? It was probably some psycho fan who'd seen too many slasher flicks. Sam says, could be, but the inn was locked up. No sign of entry or exit. Half a dozen guests, none of whom saw or heard any intruders. Dean says, well, maybe the murderer was actually competent. Wait a minute. I know what this is. This has something to do with your freaky fetish for serial killers. (laughs) Sam says, it's not a fetish. Dean says, you've always wanted to see that house. Which I totally want to see that house. So (laughs) that's not weird. It's not a weird way to feel. 
Sam says, Dean, two people are dead in Lizzie Borden's home. We got no leads on Amara. I say we check this out. Besides, the entire Borden clan are buried in Fall Rivers, including Lizzie. Dean says, what do you want to do about Cass? Sam says, oh, he's knee-deep binge-watching The Wire. Just started season two. Dean says, oh, he's not coming out of there anytime soon. All right. So we cut to the Impala pulling up to the B&B. They look around the museum, and Sam looks at a Lizzie doll. Sam says to Dean, so I guess now Lizzie Borden has her own doll. Dean says, yeah, went a little overboard on the crazy eyes. Um, Mason, who is the innkeeper, is in the room with them. He's on the phone at the check-in desk. Mason says into the phone, no, it's absolutely not a crime scene anymore. The room's been cleaned, and you're not even on the same floor. There's no reason to cancel. Uh, but the person on the phone hangs up, and Mason sighs. Dean says to him, people still freaked out about the murders, huh? Mason says, some find it exciting. Can I help you boys? Sam says, yeah, we read about the tragedy, and... I'm a bit of a history buff. I just wanted to ask, do you think the killings had anything to do with Lizzie Borden? I mean, her ghost or whatever. Dean says, probably some crazed fan broke in, right? Mason says, these are great questions, guys. One we usually answer for our paying guests. (laughs) Sam says, right. And he pulls out his wallet. Just then, Mason's mother, uh, Mrs. Kemper, walks into the room. She says, Mason, you forgot to cancel the bakery order. Mason says, Mom, I'm with customers. (laughs) Mrs. Kemper says, (laughs) but Mom. (laughs) Mrs. Kemper says, $200 worth of Danish and no guests to eat it. Mason motions to the boys and says, these guys can put away a few. Sam nods in agreement. (laughs) Mrs. Kemper says, "Um, give me all the Danishes. (laughs) I know, right. Mrs. Kemper says, this is coming out of your paycheck. Uh, Mason says, and Mrs. Kemper leaves. Mason says, of course it is. Dean says, working with family can be tough. And Sam gives Dean a look. (laughs) Mason says, 20 years. You'll have your pick of rooms. Sam says, we'll take the one the couple was in. Mason says, the deceased couple. Dean says, "Uh uh-huh. We came a long way to see ghosts. We figured... There's the most unrest there. That's a weird sentence. Okay. Mason says, uh, we're not renting that room right now. Out of respect. So Dean hands over some more cash to Mason, who says, but you got to get back on that horse sometime. (laughs) Luckily, we did the room. I know. (laughs) Sam says, great. And now that we're paying guests, did did you hear or see anything unusual that night? Mason says, not till we heard the screams. I told my mom to stay downstairs, and I ran up there. Oh, God. Blood. Dean says, and who was the couple? Mason says, local kids. Nothing special about the girl. But the guy, he was a descendant of the original Bordens. Sam says, hmm, thanks. Uh, So we cut to Sam and Dean in the room where the couple was murdered. Uh, There's a lot of floral everything decor, like wallpaper and bedspread and just fucking everything (laughs) dean says i don't know where to put my eyes it's a lot of flowers dean says i think i'm gonna throw up Mm. sam says we're surrounded by doilies they're everywhere (laughs) dean motions to the one bed in the room and says okay you think the innkeeper might have mentioned this before he ripped us off 
Sam says, well, I guess you're going to have to get yourself another room because this was Lizzie's original room and I'm not giving it up. <laughs> Dean says, no. what are you, four? <laughs> I know, like, this one's fine. Dean says, what are you, four? Sam starts EMFing. It's making <laughs> high-pitched sounds uh, immediately. Sam says, look at that. That jives with what people online have been saying about the upstairs. Crying in empty rooms, footsteps, buzzing lights. Sam walks into the closet and the EMF suddenly stops. He walks back out and says, huh, no secret panels or passageways in the closet. Dean comes out of the bathroom and says, well, the world's smallest bathroom is clean. What is that smell? <laughs> Sam holds up an old perfume bottle that's got like the squeezy bulb thing uh, and says, I think it's this. It's like a lavender toilet water. <laughs> which Sam's is funny which the, it's probably said the the oh the toilet yeah. or whatever on it which is yeah you like ew toilet water <laughs> <I> know, right <laughs> sam squeezes the bottle bulb a few times dean says bottled toilet water why do you keep spraying it <laughs> sam says i just wanted to see if the squeezy thing worked dean says wow sam says i think it was supposed to be a perfume or something Dean says, all right, I think I'm going to go check out the rest of the inn because now I've got grandma all over me. So <laughs> Dean leaves the room. And we see him go down the stairs. Sam also leaves and starts EMFing down the hallway. Uh, the EMF reader starts making noise when he's a few steps away from their room. He keeps going and the EMF reader uh, maxes out at a staff only door. Sam tries the doorknob, but it's locked. So he lock picks it and the door opens. Uh, we cut to Dean exploring one of the museum rooms. He looks around at some displays, uh, including a framed and mounted axe on the wall. I wonder if, like, in the actual B&B, &B, if, like, her axe is on the wall. I, I feel mean, like it would be, but also if it's from that long ago, maybe it is, you know? Maybe. I feel like that's one of those things that, like... You'd like it was probably because it was probably like in police custody at some point. Like, do you get that back? I don't know. I mean, as a murder weapon, I don't know what happens to murder weapons after everything is done with, you know, the trials and all that, especially back then. Who fucking knows? <clears throat> probably just went okay. to the highest bidder. <laughs> I know for real. <sighs> <clears throat> so uh, Dean grabs a chair and stands on top. Wait, what? I missed something. Big hair. Oh, I did. Okay. Suddenly the lights start to flicker. <laughs> so Dean grabs a chair and stands on it to, you know, ting ting on the light bulb. And he sees <laughs> a flash of light from outside a window. Uh, he goes to the window, uh, looks uh, and looks out, um, and another bright flash happens. Uh, wow, my notes are crazy here. Um, there is a young man, youngish dude, uh, at kind of an old style camera. Dean bangs on the window at the guy and yells, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, the young man is like totally startled by Dean banging on the window and hurries away with his camera. We cut to Sam. He's in the attic. Uh, he puts away the EMF detector and grabs a large pipe from a shelf. He hears kind of an electrical humming sound. And investigates and finds an EMF generator that's been hidden by a sheet. So 
So we cut to, would you know what an EMF generator even looks like? Like, it just looks like a big piece of equipment. Like, oh, this must be an EMF. I don't know. I don't know. Like. Maybe in his line of work. Sort of like electrical signal scrambler or something. I don't know. I I know nothing about the things, so. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I guess it would make sense, like, if they are hunting things, like, their whole lives. I'm sure they've had to, like debunk some places but you never really see that kind of thing outside of this episode that I remember anyway you know yeah I don't think kind of like going and like yeah that's interesting okay okay so we cut back to the boys in the Lizzie room Sam says yeah no Lizzie in the attic but I did find a homemade EMF generator turn that beast off and what do you know no more signal Dean says shocker the uh flickering lights Wired to timers buried in the walls. And Dean holds up a timer with a bunch of wires sticking out of it. Sam says, come on. Dean says, oh, and check out this baby. Dean pulls a picture of Lizzie Borden off of the wall. And we see behind it is a speaker in a hole in the wall. (laughs) Dean says, eh, covering up our very own sound system. And I fish this out of the wall. And Dean shows Sam a tape recorder and presses play. And we hear some moaning and some crying. Sam says, crying in empty rooms. Dean says, and there's more. Running footsteps, uh, creepy whispers you can't make out, one flushing toilet, not sure what that's about. The whole place (laughs) is a hoax, man. It's a tourist trap, just like I said. Sam says, yeah, but we still don't know how that couple got axed. I mean, how did the killer get in and out? Dean says, I don't know. Why don't we sure lock that over a beer or something and a lobster roll? I got to get out of this doily coffin. (laughs) (laughs) So we cut to sometime later in the house. Mason's mother, uh, Mrs. Kemper, is walking around, turning off lights and make sure, uh, making sure everything is locked up. Uh, she goes into, I think this is her bedroom. I wrote her bedroom. So, yeah, it's her bedroom. Uh, and she is suddenly attacked and we hear axe chomping sounds. Axe chopping, not chomping. <laughs> that hurt your teeth. <laughs> I know. That would. Uh, so we cut to sometime later. Uh, Dean is looking at the body of Mrs. Kemper. He and Sam are flashing their fake FBI badges. Sam approaches a detective and says, Detective Madsen, Agent Collins. Uh, Mason is sitting in a nearby chair. He says to Sam, you weren't feds earlier. Sam <laughs> says, well, uh, my partner and I were undercover investigating the original murders. Mason says, where the hell were you when my mom was being... And then he starts to cry. Sam says, I'm so very sorry, Mr. Kemper. Detective Madsen says, we're going to find the son of a bitch who's doing this. Dean covertly does some EMFing, but it's silent. So he puts the detector away. Uh, Detective Madsen Madsen says to Sam, he had just finished locking it up. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Uh, No one was inside but him and Mrs. Kemper. Staff went home hours ago. Sam says, and no suspects for the first murders either? Detective Madsen shakes his head no. Uh, Dean walks up to the detective and says, Hi, uh, I'm Agent Gabriel. Listen, I saw a guy hanging around earlier, snapping some photos, and he ran away when I tried to make contact. Detective Madsen says, Let me guess. Short, chunky, baby-faced? Dean says, Yeah, that's him. The detective says, Oh, yeah, that's Lynn. Total teddy bear. I went to high school with him. Obsessed with ghosts, but harmless. Mm. Sam says, ghosts? 
Hmm, is that a real issue around here? The detective says, according to the Chamber of Commerce, absolutely. Sam says, all right. The detective says, I'll send an officer to Len, get a statement from him. Sam says, you know what? You guys got your hands full. We'll, uh, we'll drop by. Uh, detective, or Sam says, thanks. And the detective says, you betcha. So we cut to Sam and Dean driving down the road to Len's house. Dean says, well, so far we got squat that says ghosts or anything remotely us. Sam says, so maybe it's not our usual kind of gig. Maybe we're dealing with a serial killer. Dean says, oh, yeah, you'd love that, wouldn't you? <laughs> Sam's <laughs> phone rings and he answers. He He's says, like, I'm not going to confirm or deny this. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, Detective Madsen says, this is Detective Madsen. There's been another victim. Sam says, really? The detective says, accident in the next county. I'm there now. Sam says, uh, what the hell? Sam says, thanks for letting us know. Uh, they hang up. And Sam says to Dean, another Axvic. This one miles from the B&B. Dean says, Lizzie left home. Sam says, apparently. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Dean says, all right, I'll take the crime scene. You take Lynn. Or does Sam say that? I wrote them both and crossed them both out. One of them says that, Rochelle. <laughs> Dean is with, Dean is with Lynn, right? <laughs> so this must be Sam talking. Okay. Uh, we cut to Sam outside the Penske home where the recent murder happened. <clears throat> Sam asks Detective Madsen who found the body. Madsen says babysitter was home with the kid. Found the dad in the driveway. <clears throat> Sam says, geez, thanks. So we cut to inside the house. Sam is talking with Sydney, who is uh, the babysitter. She's like a young, pretty woman. Uh, Sydney says, I heard Jordy's dad pull up outside and then there was this shout. I went to look, and I saw the blood before I saw him. I thought someone had spilled paint. Sam says, and what about before? I mean, did you notice anything out of order? Uh, a sound? Smell? There's no detail too small. Sydney says, no, it was like any other night. Uh, Jordy's mom suddenly arrives, and Jordy yells, Mom! He runs to her and hugs her, but, um, but she's... What did I write here? Oh, she's all like monotone and doesn't show any physical affection. She's being a little weird. Yeah. Uh, she says, Jordy, are you all right? Uh, she looks at Sydney and asks, did he see anything? Sydney says, no, he was inside the whole time. Sam says, ma'am, Agent Collins with the FBI. I understand this is a terrible time, but if you could manage, I'd like to ask you a few. Uh, but Mrs. Penske says, you need to get it out of my house. That's what you need to do. Sam says, of course, uh, we can do this tomorrow. Mrs. Penske says, get out. <laughs> so Sam leaves. Uh, we cut to Dean inside Len's house. He looks at a Lizzie Borden mannequin and peeks right inside her shirt. <laughs> Dean says, well, I didn't expect to see her here. Len says, well, got to live your bliss. Dean looks around and sees all kinds of Lizzie Borden merch and paraphernalia and stuff. Dean says, huh, boy, you are a Lizzie Borden. I don't think fan covers it. <laughs> Lynn says, that's super fan and curator. Dean says, hmm, and is that what you were doing that night at the B&B? Uh, curating? Lynn says, oh, I, uh, Dean says, Lynn, it's best just to go with truth here. Lynn says, I was trying to get a picture of Lizzie's ghost. Dean says, and is that what I saw you with? 
and he motions to an antique camera. Lynn says, yeah, it's a it's what the Victorians use for spirit photography. Dean says, ah, okay. And have you captured any Caspers on that thing? Len says, well, I've seen Lizzie at her house. She's this wispy gray shadow, but she never shows up on film. Maybe I should go high def. <laughs> Dean says, <laughs> Dean says, why not go inside? Len says, I'm not exactly allowed at the end anymore. There's a minor restraining order. And there's a gag order not to talk about the restraining order, but you're a federal agent. <laughs> Dean says, bury the lead there, little Len. Why don't you tell me about the restraining order? Len says, it was Lizzie's 155th birthday, and I couldn't get Lizzie's room, so I stayed in the basement for a couple days, weeks. I wasn't bothering anybody. <laughs> Dean says, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> I know. Uh, Dean says, so it's safe to say that you know the end pretty well. Let me ask you, did anything about tonight strike you as weird? Len says, just you banging on the window. Uh, from the other room, Len's computer beeps and says, your chat room is open. Len says, oh, God, no. I'm supposed to lead a live chat about the axe murders in Fall Rivers. I'm not Lizzie CNN. Dean says, <laughs> yeah. You are kind of proud of it, though, I, at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dean says, yeah, I don't know why anyone would think that. Len says, I'll close it down. Be right back. Dean says, okay. Uh, so we cut to Sam talking to Detective Madsen outside the Penske house. The detective says, four axe murders in two days and no leads. The whole town's panicking like it's the purge. Sam says, yeah, not the whole town. Mrs. Penske doesn't seem too broken up for the fact that her husband was butchered in her driveway. Detective Madsen says, you saw the body. She's in shock. Sam says, still. The detective says, people have freaky ass reactions to loss. We cut back to Len's house. Uh, Dean is looking around while Len is in the other room. And Dean finds a drawing of the mark of Cain on a piece of paper on the coffee table. He picks it up and shows it to Len when he walks back into the room. Dean says, where did you see this? Len nervously says, uh, a site about ghosts, the paranormal. <laughs> Dean says, Len, you might be the worst liar I've ever met. Tell me where you've seen the symbol. I'd take you down to the station and ask you there, but then we'd have to involve the local police and your restraining order. Len says, oh, okay, okay. I was outside Lizzie's house a couple nights ago trying to catch a picture of her. Uh, as Len tells the story to Dean, we see it happening in like a flashback. Len has his camera and sees a young girl looking in a window at the Lizzie house. Uh, we know as viewers that this is uh, Amara, older Amara. <clears throat> Not teenage yet, right? Still. No. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. like 11. 10, I mean, 11 maybe? It's, it's hard, hard to, to tell. tell. Like, definitely maybe preteen. I would say yeah. at most probably, like, 13. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe okay. 14. I, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Lynn says to her, oh, for a second I thought you were. Never mind. Are you lost or staying at the end? Amara says, I wish I were. I want to see where Lizzie axed her folks. And she smiles. Len says, oh, well, uh, you were looking at it. Half of it. That's where they found Andrew Borden slumped over the couch in the sitting room. I'm sorry. How old are you? Amara <laughs> like, says. I, it's fine if I'm obsessed, but you're too young to be obsessed with serial right. killers. <laughs> She's like, red flag, Amara. red flag. <laughs> All of this is a big red flag. Uh, 
Amara says, poor Lizzie. I've been reading up on her. Her parents sucked. Lynn says, I totally agree. Lizzie has been so misunderstood by history. It's pretty obvious her uncle had the stronger motive and opportunity. Amara says, oh, no, Lizzie definitely hacked them. You can see it in her eyes. Serial killer eyes. <laughs> and she is. She's got some crazy eyes going herself. <laughs> she's got her own serial eyes. Yeah. Her serial eyes. <laughs> serial killer eyes. Yeah, she does. Uh, we cut back to real time with Dean. Lynn says, I ditched her quick after that. Dean says, and you didn't tell the police. Lynn says, uh, A, restraining order. B, what am I supposed to say? I was hanging out talking murder with a little 12-year-old girl in the middle of the night. Dean <laughs> says, where does the symbol come in? Len says, she had it on her shoulder. I don't know if it was a scar or a birthmark. Dean says, what did this girl look like? Len says, uh, a girl, Amara. That's what she said her name was. You know her? Dean said, uh, you said she was 12? Len says, maybe a little younger or older. Who is she? Dean says, she's a runaway. Do you know where Amara is now? Is she still in town? Len says, I don't know. Why are you looking for her? Dean says, I'm not at liberty to discuss that. Len says, you have to tell me, please. I need to find her. Dean says, why? Len says, you won't believe me. So we go back into a flashback memory thing. Uh, Len is still standing outside the Lizzie house talking with Amara. Len says, okay, well, uh, enjoy your Lizzie fest. Um, she reaches for his face and he says, oh, hey, uh, no touching. I, I never touched you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> sure. yeah. uh, I'm going to get in trouble for this somehow. Yep. <laughs> but Amara puts her hands on Lynn's face and sucks out his soul. Uh, when she's done with the soul sucking, he stumbles backwards. But, you know, seems okay, mostly. <laughs> we cut back to real time with Dean. Lynn says, I don't know what that girl did to me, but I haven't been right since. I can't eat or sleep. I don't dream. And all the things I used to love, my Lizzie blog, the ghost conventions, they leave me cold. I put this whole collection on eBay last night. Now it belongs to some machinist in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Dean says, well, what about superfan, curator, live in the bliss? Len says, just playing the part of what I used to be. You know, fake it till you make it or feel it. <laughs> Dean says, so is that what you were doing at the end tonight? Faking it? Len says, no, I was looking for Amara. I want her to put me back. I've always been odd and quirky, but I had a life, friends. And now I remember how to talk to people, what to say, but I feel like I'm acting, going through the motions. I'm like a robot puppet man. <laughs> I just want to say like, mandroid, mandroid. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, we cut to Dean talking to Sam on his phone. Sam says, wait, Amara was here? How? Dean says, oh, and the real crazy? Apparently, she's like 12. Sam says, what? How is that even possible? Dean says, it ain't the Wheaties she's eating. I can tell you that much. Sam says, meaning? Dean says, Lynn, he ain't doing so hot. I think Amara sucked out a soul. So we cut to a short time later. Sam and Dean are outside Lynn's house talking. Sam says, so, Amara's growing like a radioactive weed. Dean says, yeah, by stuffing her face with souls. Sam says, does that mean she's getting more power, too? And for what? Dean says, I don't know. That tsunami's going to hit us sooner or later. 
we'll deal with what we can deal with. All these spent shells Amara's leaving behind. Uh, that was weird, but okay. Sam says, you don't think Len's our Lizzie Borden, do you? Dean says, no, I talked to his neighbors. And except for me seeing him at the B&B, he's been here all night. So we can't kill him because he hasn't done anything yet. <laughs> Sam says, Dean, we don't want to kill him. We want to save people, remember? Dean says, right, the new rules. Why hasn't he offed anybody? I mean, it took Jenna all of walking downstairs to slit her grandma's throat. Sam says, I don't know. Maybe not everybody that gets their soul sucked out turns into a killer. Dean says, or maybe he just hasn't gotten around to it yet. All right. Well, I think the best thing is we stick close until we figure out how to help him out, which starts by you telling him he's got no soul. Sam says, me? Dean says, yeah. Sam says, why do I have to do it? (laughs) Dean says, well, because you've been there. You speak the language. He doesn't even know he's been hoovered yet. (laughs) <laughs> Sam says, <laughs> so delicate, Dean. <laughs> yeah. Sam says, well, yeah, but you have a better relationship with him than I do. Dean says, yeah, but you're better with that whole sensitive verbal massage. <laughs> <laughs> I like all of it. <laughs> Sam says, there is no sensitive way to tell somebody their soul's been sucked out by a prehistoric tween. Uh, Dean shushes him. Uh, so Len doesn't hear. Uh, Sam says, and even if Len does believe us, is that supposed to make him feel better? Dean says, fine. Probably couldn't handle the truth right now anyways. He's a little fragile right now. Okay. Well, <laughs> looks like we're babysitting. I know. <laughs> looks like babysitting a 30-year-old man. Sam says, there may be someone else Amara got to as well. Dean says, our hatchet man. Sam says, yeah. So the murder started right around the time Len saw Amara, right? Well, the wife of the last victim, Donna Penske, had this bizarre reaction to hearing her husband like she couldn't care less. It was kind of the way I felt the whole time I was soulless. Dean says, oh, yeah, you were one chili droid. Sam says, anyways. Man the det- droid. <laughs> yeah, I know, for real. Uh, Sam says, the detective thinks it's shock, but I think it may be mom lost her soul and picked up an axe. Dean nods. Uh, We cut to Sam ringing the doorbell at the Penske house. Dean is in baby and Len is sitting in the back seat. No one answers the door. So Sam calls Sydney, who was the babysitter, on his cell phone. Sydney answers and says, hello. Sam says, Sydney, this is Agent Collins. I'm trying to find Mrs. Penske. Do you have any idea where she might be? Uh, Sam starts walking back to the car. Sydney says, "Uh, no, uh, she didn't mention anything. Didn't want me to come over today. Sam says, Sydney, you are part of a federal murder investigation. You do not want to hold anything back from us. Sydney says, okay, there might be one place where she might be. Don has a friend, Nate, uh, a special friend. Sam says, yeah, I'm reading your mail. Sydney says, look, I'm not trying to get Don in trouble. Sam says, you have an address? So we cut to a short time later. Inside baby, uh, Len is in the middle of saying, kitten videos, chicken and waffles, eucalyptus scent. I don't care for it anymore. Used to swoon for dark curly hair. Now not so much. Do you think I had a stroke? Or maybe it's a brain tumor. What's really freaky is all the stuff that used to make my skin crawl now seems, eh. <laughs> baby pulls up <laughs> that Sydney gave him. Dean silently mouths, shut the hell up to Sam because Len is babbling. (laughs) Len says, 
I couldn't shake a guy's hand before. God, that wetness. Now I could lick the sweat off of strangers. Dean says, okay. Let's <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, any body part. I'm serious. I feel weird, man. <laughs> like, I'm not right. Like, I'm fine with licking just, people, and that's not right. <laughs> this is exactly how I would be in this scenario. Like, I'd be saying stuff like, I'm, I'm like 100% positive that that's the kind of stuff that would be coming out of my mouth in that scenario. Like, <laughs> You agree with me, right? Like, I'd probably be weird. Yeah, probably. I don't know how I would be. I feel like you would probably be okay with a lot more things, you know? <laughs> I would, but I'd still be pondering it, you know? I think so. Yeah. Like, like why like, am I okay with this, you know? Yeah. Like, this, right. is, this is not normal. I don't... Yeah, I... Hmm. I wonder what you'd be like. You'd probably be, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, do I? I mean, we already took this quiz. It turns out I don't have much of a soul to begin with, so what I change? Well, one irritated you. You might pick up that axe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean that in a loving way. I hope you know. I mean, no, no, it's fine. I don't, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like... <laughs> I'm not really uh, yeah I, I, I don't know <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> that's probably a bad thing <laughs> I don't know uh, you know it's fine yeah. whatever uh, so Sam asks Len weird how Len says like something's hatching inside of me something dark with wings <laughs> Lindsay Dean gives Sam a look and says, What? Dean says, Nothing. Len says, But you looked at Sam like you guys know what's wrong with me. Uh, Dean gets out of baby and then grabs one of Lynn's hands uh, and then handcuffs him to baby through the open window. Len says, Hey. Dean says, You don't have a soul, all right? Amara sucked it out. Lynn says, <laughs> Sam says, Dean, you want to be a little more blunt? Len says, How? How is that even possible? Dean says, look, this is just so you don't get in trouble. All right, we'll be right back and then we'll figure out what to do with you. Len says, well, how do I get it back? My soul. Sam says, generally, you don't. Len says, <laughs> and then he sits back and says, it feels good to finally know. Uh, so Sam and Dean walk up to the Penske house. Uh, Dean rings the doorbell. Sam knocks on the door. Sam yells out, hello. Dean looks through a window and sees that the furniture is all kind of askew. Dean says, well, something happened in there. Sam says, the blue car is the mom's. I saw it last night. Dean Lock picks the front door. They go inside and split up to search. Dean opens the door to the basement, goes down the stairs. The light doesn't work, so he turns on his flashlight and notices something behind a cot. So he moves it to the side, and there he finds two dead bodies. Uh, one is uh, Mrs. Penske, and one is the dude she was boffing. <laughs> <laughs> Dean turns around, and someone immediately knocks him out. So we cut to Sam in an upstairs hallway. Uh, at the end of the hallway, he sees a closet door wiggling, which is super freaky. Uh, he quickly opens the door and finds Jer Jared, uh, Jordy, tied up and get 
on the floor. I just want to say that Jordy is totally uh, Finn from uh, Stranger Things. Of course, I don't remember his character's name, but it's like Finn Wolfharder is like his real name. <laughs> oh, I have no idea. I haven't watched Stranger Things, so. Yeah, okay. He's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Sam says, Jordy? Hey, buddy. Oh, did I mention he's like tied up and gagged on the floor? I don't know if I said yeah. that. But he is. Oh, I don't know if he did, but okay. he is. Help <laughs> uh, Jordy sit up. Sam says, you all right? Give me a sec. Uh, but Jordy sees someone creeping up on Sam and yells, no. So Sam looks behind him and sees Sydney, the babysitter, who cocks her shotgun and points it right at Sam. <clears throat> so we cut to the basement. Dean wakes up tied to a, wait a sec. I said Dean's tied to a support beam sitting on the floor and Sam is tied to a chair. Did I get that backwards? I suppose it doesn't matter. They're both tied to things. Sydney says. <laughs> They're both detained. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, Sydney says, oh, thank God. I thought you were dead. Huh. I can't believe that I bagged both of you guys. Sam says, yeah, so it's Sydney, the killer babysitter, not the mom. So what's the story? You going to hack us up like the others? Sydney says, I'm past that. You two are an offering to my new friend. Dean says, let me guess. Is your new bestie Amara? Sydney says, you know her. Dean says, oh, yeah, we're tight. How'd you two meet? Sydney says, a couple of nights ago, I got pretty sloshed. This uh, smug little trust fund dirt bag had just dumped me. Uh, we get a Sydney flashback. She is walking through the parking lot of a bar. Amara walks up to her and says, excuse me, drunk girl, you shouldn't be driving. You can put your head through a window. Sydney says, uh, where are your parents? They bring you to this dump on a school night? My parents used to do that, too. Amara says, I found this place on my own. I like dark places. Sydney says, you're here alone? Okay, uh, let's get you inside. I'm Sydney, by the way. Amara says, I'm going to help you, Sydney. Sydney says, you think I need help? Well, I maybe you're right. Tonight, anyway. Amara grabs one of Sydney's hands, and Sydney suddenly smiles and starts joyfully laughing. Sydney says, "How did you? How did you do that? Oh, I feel like ecstasy, orgasm, chocolate cake. You're an angel." <laughs> that's something. That's. <laughs> Amara suddenly looks pissed and says, "Do I look like a whiny wing suck up?" <laughs> Sydney says, "Well, then, what are you?" So Amara puts her hands on the side of Sydney's head and sucks out her soul, casually, as you do. Uh, we come back to real time in the basement. Sydney says, have you guys ever seen the iced tea commercial where the lady is lying along the inflatable raft and she's just drifting along a sparkling pool? That's what it was like being with Amara. Bliss. No hurting. No sadness. No memories. Sam says, so you don't want memories? Sydney says, did you have nice parents, Sam? Because my folks treated me and my sister like human ashtrays. She pulls up her shirt a bit, and we see that her abdomen is covered in cigarette burn scars. Sydney says, I used to have to drink myself blind to even look at these, let alone show anybody. And now I don't know what Amara did to me, but it's just skin. Sam says, right, well, that's really good for you. Sydney says, no more waking up screaming from nightmares. No more flashbacks. Amara took away the pain. She lightened something in me. Dean says, except now you're an axe murderer. <laughs> There's that. 
Like, Sydney let's says, think about this for a second. <laughs> Sydney says, I'm free. Before, there was always this constant voice in my head. You can't do that. It's wrong. What if you get caught? And now it's quiet. It's just me and what I want. And when you can do whatever you want, and you don't have to get caught, and then you can really fly. Dean says, were you flying when you diced up that couple at the end? Sydney says, oh, when I found out that that puss hole was just taking another girl to the B&B, that's his deal. Uh, I said that weird. That's his deal closing move. I didn't have to sit at home and cry about it. Dean says, and what about the innkeeper's mom? Sydney says, that piece of jerky. She screwed me out of two weeks pay. I used to fantasize about killing her. And now I'm living the dream. Sam says, so that's how you got in and out. You worked there. Sydney says, just for one summer. Dean says, what about Jordy's parents, huh? What did they screw you over to? Sydney says, not me, Jordy. Where to start? Meth stealing dad, slut mom. No, I saved Jordy. And I'm going to take better care of him than they ever did. Dean says, well, you said that we were, uh, we were an offering. How do you plan on bringing Amara here? Don't tell me that girl's got a cell phone. <clears throat> Sydney says, I've been praying. And I know that she can hear me. I can feel it. She's close. She hasn't left me. Dean says, well, bring her on out. We've been hunting that bitch for weeks. Sydney hits Dean with the butt of her shotgun and yells, she is a goddess. <laughs> <laughs> Sam is suddenly free of his bonds and jumps up to attack Sydney. She shoots at him but misses. Uh, then she suddenly drops to the floor. And we see Len standing behind Sydney holding a bloody axe. Len says, holy crap, I just did that. Sam says, hey, hey, whoa, 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 going to take this away. And he grabs the axe from Lynn. <laughs> um, uh, Sydney is dying on the floor. She says, the darkness is coming. It's so peaceful. It's coming for all of us. So we cut to sometime later. Sam sits on the front porch stairs of the crime scene house next to Jordy, who was looking incredibly traumatized. I mean, uh, yes, that checks out. Yeah. <laughs> Sam says, Jordy, you have any uh, family you can stay with? Jordy doesn't respond. So Sam says, when I was six months old, my mom died. And my dad was, well, was never really around much. I realize that's not really close to what you've lost, but you're going to survive this. People are going to help you. Jordy says, there's Aunt Kathy. She comes at Christmas. Sam nods. Uh, inside the house, Len is talking to Dean. He shows Dean his bandaged hand and says, first of all, I ripped my hand out of the cuff. Ugh. Dean says, well, you saved this one. He's just like, huh, you know, like, look at that. You know, Len says, yeah, that's not why I mauled myself. I wanted to see if I could do it. It hurt like a mother, but it didn't wig me out at all. I picked up my thumb like it was a mini hot dog. <laughs> I didn't like this guy a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dean says, I'm not going to lie. That's worrisome. Len says, and that girl. My brain said I should help you, but I didn't really feel anything for you or her. What kind of person can murder and feel nothing? Dean says, Len, whatever darkness you have inside you, if there is a shred of conscience, of conscious, ugh, conscience, I can't do it, Rochelle, then there might be hope. <laughs> okay. It all sounded weird and wrong. Uh, Len says, no. Sam said, once your soul is gone, you can't get it back. And I know for sure if I'm not going to be, wait, and I know for sure now if I'm not stopped, there will be another kill. 
I can feel it, like a bubble rising up. Dean says, so, what do you want to do? Len says, you could kill me. Dean says, no, I can't. Nah, I don't want to do that. Len says, then there's only one thing. I'm going to turn myself in. I'll confess to all the murders. That way I can't get out. Dean says, huh, well, there's not too many soulless killers that would give themselves up. Len says, I remember what it was like. I remember what it was like to do the right thing. So I'm going through the motions for as long as I can. Uh, we cut to some time later. Sam and Dean are leaning on baby and eating some fast food. Dean says, still can't believe Len turned himself in. Sam says, I mean, it kind of makes sense. You know, people having different reactions to losing their souls. I did. Everyone's got their own history, right? Dean says, Len loses his heart. Sydney loses her head. What are we? Looking for the cowardly lion next? Sam says, you know, I get like this pit in my stomach anytime I think of her. The darkness. Like we only know the tip of what she is. What she does to people. You know, Len was freaked out by her. But Sydney, Sydney couldn't get enough. The bliss she was talking about, you know? What was it like for you? Did you feel like that with Amara? Dean says, no. No, I mean, it was quiet until uh, she started hatching killers and rallying monsters to raise armies. Sam says, so that's how we have to find her. Follow the bodies. Dean says, got a better idea? We could follow the crazy you've been seeing. Look, at the rate of Mars growing, sucking souls and getting stronger, she may not be that hard to find. Come on. So Sam and Dean get into the Impala and drive away. And we see Amara creep out from behind the trees and smile happily after the Impala. She says, bye, Dean. I'll see you soon. And credits. Okay, you might hear my words in the background. To me, it sounds really loud, but I don't know. <laughs> I heard it, too, but I don't know because it's it's happened before when we're recording. And I don't know that I heard it in, like, the playback. So, meh. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we'll find anyways, out. that might happen. But, um, so, <laughs> I only really have two thoughts because, as of late, I don't have many thoughts because, hey, I've got the dumb pregnancy brain right now. And I cannot, <laughs> like, form thoughts. So, it's fine. Even for things that I, I know. So, we're it's just okay. winning here. Um, first one is, you know what? Like, take... Take our soulless little butt buddy. <laughs> I almost said bloody. <laughs> you said butt buddy. You said bloody butt buddy. And I'm confused. <laughs> I went for, I was trying to say buddy. And then I added an L in there. And then I thought, I thought I said blut, like B-L-U-T-T-Y. Like, and then I just didn't, I don't know. This, again. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> but anyway, our little soulless buddy, put him in yeah. jail. Fine. You don't have to off him. He's not going to hurt anybody. He's behind bars. He's just not going to care about shit for the rest of his life. But I mean, hey, he's in jail. Like, he's got meals. He's taken well, care of. Well, that's what he did, right? Didn't well, you I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, Okay, yeah. That's, like, uh, that was a good option, you know? Like, It was. I, I like. He didn't immediately go to, like, let's off him, you know? Like, oh, but what if he escapes? Or, you know, because, right. like, that kind of, like, Dean seems to be turning a corner a little bit. <laughs> I agree with that. I noticed that, actually. That, like, as, as annoyed as he was with Len and all of his, I mean, I thought everything about him was delightful, but... You know, but you could tell that Dean was like, ugh, a bunch of times, you know, with him. Yeah. And I thought it was great that at the, you know, at the end, Len was like, 
well, I guess you're going to have to kill me. I should probably feel something about that. And Dean was like, really genuinely like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. No. And then Len was like, all right, I guess I'll just go to jail then. (laughs) Whatever. Lock me up. It's fine. Right. But I noticed that too. I, I thought that was, all of that was really surprising. And I was glad to see that Dean was feeling that way. Like, yeah. This, this, this guy is annoying, but like I still am kind of charmed enough to not want to end him. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess he doesn't cool. need to immediately die, you know? Right, <laughs> right, right. I I was happy about that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The only other like thought that I had was that being soulless kind of sounds a lot like disassociation. <laughs> Just like <laughs> I don't care. I'm not attached to any of this, you know, like, <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Is, you know, like. what I will, as someone who dissociates quite a bit, <laughs> I will say that when it happens to me anyways, um, uh, oftentimes I don't know what's happening except for everything looks different. Okay. So there's, there's the difference there. And I could Do tell like- that I, once I realize that's happening, I can tell that I'm more removed, you know, emotionally and every in every other way also. Yeah. But but also like things look fucked up. Like <laughs> things See, look I've never wrong. like yeah. I've noticed it with myself, especially if there's like a high stress situation, I just kinda like check out, you know, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not all the time, but like, you know, I'm like, oh, I feel called out, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, no wonder my mom says I'm so list. <laughs> oh, no. And, and you know what? Like, I, I've done a lot of researching of dissociating lately because yeah. it turns out I'm doing it way more than I thought I was. Huh? Yeah. But um, and everything does. Uh, OK, I'm not positive that things have to look weird for that to be happening. Yeah. But but there is yeah. a lot of that. Uh, online about that but I think it can happen in other ways also so yeah so yeah I just thought it was interesting I was like oh he kind of like seems like me when (laughs) when I'm like you know in a situation but not in a situation necessarily or like whatever it's like okay I don't know like it's like okay yeah can I like step back outside of the situation and like think rationally about it like maybe somewhat easier yes but also I feel like it's also kind of a defense mechanism too I'm just like we're not going to get involved <laughs> yeah right so so can you control it like can you make yourself do it or can you stop yourself when you're in that I can't do either of those things no yeah I know that some I mean people like can. I can kind of like okay I'm going to step back from this and just like check out you know not mm-hmm. even check out but just like I mean I guess <laughs> I guess check out But, Mm -hmm. like, once I'm kind of in that checked out spot, like, not really. I just I know there are, yeah, I know there are, like, tricks to stop doing it. But from what I've been reading lately, some people, like, develop the ability to be able to do it, to dissociate. And I was like, I want that ability. (laughs) I mean, I can kind of check out on my own, but the the checking back in is not the... (laughs) yeah. You know, like, yeah, I, can't really I usually either. have to kind of, like, be out of the situation, and then I'm like, okay, fine, you know, whatever, but. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Yeah, it's a whole thing. No, no, it's like, yeah. okay, well, that soulless. Yeah. This seems familiar. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really liked that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing, is he wasn't, like, harmful or anything. He was just. You know, I mean, he, he could become end, harmful. Though. Yeah, I think he, he say, could, but like, 
at yeah. the time, he was just kind of like, I just did what I like knew that needed I I to be do. done, you know, like not yeah. that like he had feelings about it one way or the other or whatever, you know. Right. Yeah. He did say at the end, though, if I'm remembering correctly, that he knew he would do it again, that he would yeah. kill somebody again. So there's that. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, yeah. I I say, yeah. Is he's like, I already did it. I mean, not necessarily that he would do it out of like, a, I'm going to kill somebody and I'm going crazy way, but in like a, well, I guess if it needs to be done, I'll do it again. You know, like, right. You know, I, uh, I think this is my, fa- besides Sam, I think this is my favorite soulless person on the, f- on the show. What is that true? Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. 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 He's just fun. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's soulless, but he's not like, you know, malicious either you know (laughs) yeah he's kind of like just kind of I mean in general probably before he was soulless he was probably kind of like childlike in that like kind of wonder and nerdy way you know yeah so yeah anyway I like him (laughs) me too Mm -hmm. um what was your favorite moment from this episode okay well What I was going to say, <laughs> which I kind of just said, is that I actually just really liked all of the fucking Len moments. Um, yeah. The ones, the one that's really popping into my head is when they're in the car, you know, um, Sam and Dean are in the car and Len is in the back and they're driving to some someone's house. And mm-hmm. Len is like going on and on and on about all the things that he thinks might be the cause of why he's feeling so weird. And yeah. Sam and Dean are like, ugh. And then finally Dean is like, yeah, <laughs> you don't have a soul. And he's just like, oh, it feels really good to know that. <laughs> I just thought that whole that whole scene was super funny. So, yeah. Yeah. What was your favorite moment? Mine was the toilet water. <laughs> Wait, I don't remember the toilet water. What happened when, with the toilet so water? When they go into the hotel or whatever, and the and Sam's got like the, <laughs> I think it's like lavender, like you the know, bottle. Yep. the lavender yep. perfume. Yeah, and he's like, "What is this? This is toilet water," you know, and he just like keeps spraying it because he's like, "What?" And Dean's like, "Ah, spray!" Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was super funny. The toilet water. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, it seems ridiculous that they would have never come across that before not necessarily that kind of sprayer but just something that says you know the whatever however you pronounce the that to toilet or yeah. whatever i don't know what he said i don't either but don't yeah it's seems... after me if you want to <laughs> say that better because i don't yeah, i don't i totally don't yeah it seems weird that they have never come across that that before you know but yeah but who knows they're dudes raised by a dude so yeah, I mean, I doubt they had a lot of, like, you know, lady perfume hanging out around them, you know? <laughs> I know. I mean. Yeah, mm. yeah. And usually that's, like, the more expensive-ish stuff. That's true. Too. So it's not, like, oh, it's just some, like, body spray from Bath and Body Works. You know, this is, like, yeah. the the fancy, you know, <laughs> whatever, you know? I yeah. wouldn't say that it's, like the most expensive stuff or whatever, but still, you know, it's nicer perfume than like, you know, Bath and Body Works. So (laughs) 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 what if you had to pick one scent from Bath and Body Works in a a spray, one perfume smell um, that like defined your, you know, junior high or high school experience, which one, (laughs) which one? 
warm vanilla sugar. Oh, good one. That's my number two. That's my number yeah. two. My first one would definitely be sun ripened raspberry. I loved that shit. I would wear that shit yeah. now. Yeah. I, I feel like I, I do remember having a raspberry-ish scented one. I remember the cucumber melon scent, just in general, not from there, but, like, mm-hmm. that being, like, a thing for a lot of people, like... It was, yeah. And that... You know what is, else? Like, the Victoria's Secret spray, uh, like, the body... Spell. Oh, no, no, not not for me. For me, it was, like, their pear or something. They had, like, a pear okay. one. Okay. Yeah. I remember, like, everybody in the... Um, uh, in the, like the middle school locker room, like if you did not have love spell, you know, <laughs> like yeah. the whole locker room after gym would smell like a Victoria's Secret, you know. My high school locker room smelled like Clinique's Happy. Happy, it was like the big thing at that time for my See, school. Middle school was love spell. High school was more of like people had like the actual like perfume perfumes yeah, you know just like the the body it'd just be like a cloud of just all yeah. of it you know yeah <laughs> but I remember if you'd walk by like the boys locker room because there was like the boys and the girls locker room were kind of next to each other and like there was a gym that was across from the girls and a gym that was across from the boys and if you went to the littler gym which was across from the boys you had to walk by the boys locker room and it would smell like axe body spray and like some oh. serious you know like yeah right it was was not it wasn't good you know I actually just like this I don't know if it's related but I literally just threw up a little bit in my mouth like (laughs) it actually happened to be fair I'm drinking a lot of seltzer water so it was just like the carbonation but that was good timing (laughs) so and I was like well oh yeah yeah great (laughs) axe used in smaller quantities depending on the scent I I can get behind, like, mm-hmm. just do, like, a spritz of it. You don't need to, like, bathe in it, you know? Like, yeah. dear God, for all of you middle school boys that aren't listening to this out there, <laughs> it does not replace a shower, you know? No, no it doesn't. They should be used <laughs> together, not at the same time, yeah. no. one after the you other. take a shower, and you get clean, and then you add a little bit of spritz to kind of zhuzh it up a little bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't bathe <laughs> In the axe. Okay. <laughs> I know. Oh. Yeah. Kill, kill, you know, Killian sometimes uses the, the axe deodorant. And that's okay in that yeah, amount, too. I mean, that's that's yeah. all right. He yeah. wanted the body wash. And I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> not doing that. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah say, that, it's not. It's not awful. I prefer, like, out of that kind of, like level of them of like you know price range of (laughs) washes and sprays and stuff like old spice is better oh yeah yeah I agree with you yeah Killian is uh currently because we got a bunch of different deodorants just to see you know is one gonna give you a rash we got some antiperspirants just deodorants you know we just got a a mix of things to see Uh what worked and he's settled on the old spice okay so good good choice yeah I think so too yeah yeah I know like I've heard that it works pretty well so Mm -hmm. uh, you know yeah the like original scent of Old Spice reminds me so much of an ex-boyfriend and I think it's because (laughs) 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 I don't really remember 
or the situation, but I ended up having to use it for myself one summer, just like a couple days in a row. Like I forgot my deodorant and we were together mm-hmm. and I had to use his and it was just like overwhelmingly him coming off my body. Like, I don't know. It was yeah. just like this a little is too much. Yeah. 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 And like, um, it's not meant for girls to wear necessarily because different body chemistry right so like it's gonna smell different it's not gonna smell like (laughs) it does on a dude like it's just it's just not you know that's how yeah I mean that's that's why a lot of those like deodorants and all that sort of stuff it's like you don't just get deodorant you get like a men or a woman's deodorant because that's what works best for your body chemistry you know Mm -hmm. yeah it's true (laughs) whatever yeah yeah um so, <laughs> moving on from middle school sprays, <laughs> we're going to get into our interesting facts here. <laughs> um, the first one is, it says, Sam uses the alias Detective Collins, to which co-star Misha Collins responded on Twitter. Uh, Collins tweeted, hey, don't you feel like a total fucking badass when you call yourself Agent Collins? <laughs> don't you just feel so cool all of a sudden? <laughs> Jared replied by saying that he felt like he was overcompensating for something. (laughs) That's hilarious. That he was overcompensating or that Misha was overcompensating? I don't know. Like, Mm. I could see people checking out and, like, that being part of their dynamic. Yep, exactly. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Um, It says Jared Padalecki has the same birthday as Lizzie Andrew Gordon. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah. Uh, it says there is actually a Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast in the home of the axe murderers. Let's go. <laughs> I'm good. Um, <laughs> it says Sam and Dean use the aliases Agent Collins and Gabriel. Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel were members of the band Genesis. Yep. I knew that one. That was like the one I knew. <laughs> I, I know of Phil Collins. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. But that's yeah. it. That's all I've got. <laughs> he's, a, he's an old musician. That's it. I mean, I did, yeah, a musician, but, like, that's, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's all I got is, like, Phil Collins is music. What I think of when I hear Phil Collins, I'm pretty sure this is the right reference. <laughs> there's, a, there's a really old episode of South Park, really old, okay, uh-huh. um, where all the kids, so I think I was still in high school. Maybe the year after. So, like, we're talking around the year 2000, okay, that this Mm -hmm. episode came out. And um, all the kids on the show uh, got diagnosed with ADD and needed Ritalin. So they got a bunch of Ritalin, (laughs) and they were all zonked out. And the parents only realized that the kids didn't need to be on Ritalin because the kids started liking Phil Collins. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Also, you know, they were all seeing little, little pink uh, Christina Aguilera monsters, like, running around. <laughs> that was an amazing episode. So, anyway, yeah, that's what, that's what I think of when I think of Phil Collins. <laughs> yeah, the only thing, I guess I do have one, like, <laughs> the only thing that I think about, really, when I think about Phil Collins is the Tarzan soundtrack. I don't know what song he does on that soundtrack. Like, all of them. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like, the yeah. new one with, like, the the Skarsgård guy? No, no. Like, What's hard? The, oh, like the Disney one? Disney. The Disney <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> Phil Collins. 
<laughs> I did not know that. I don't know how many songs he does. Here, let me look it up. I did not know that. That's, wow. Because I know, like, the only reason that I know Wait, that like is the cartoon or the live action? That's what the I meant. The cartoon. Okay. All right. So, let me see. So, oh, come on, you bugger. So, he does one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of the songs on the soundtrack. One of them, by the way, is with NSYNC and Phil Collins. So, Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, I like yeah. it. There's a couple of them where he's with somebody else, but yeah, like he he does. Um, well, I guess to be fair, like there's a couple of them that are like, oh, this version of this song and this version of this song or something, but still, you know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Don't call him. Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. It is what it is. Yeah. Mm. Huh. Um, I don't think I saw that one. I don't think I saw that or the live action. I don't know that you would, like... I don't think I would. I think that's why I didn't see it. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, basically the whole thing starts off with, like, his... Oh, have you heard the Disney conspiracy theory about all of this, right? With the Frozen parents. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, like that, that idea. I think that's cool. Yeah, like, I'm fine with it. Yeah. But at any rate, so... Ship crashes. They land on this island, right? And they've got little baby Tarzan. And... Like, within the first, I don't even know how, like, many minutes of the movie, like, his parents get killed by a jaguar, right? And, like, you know, they're ugh, not good, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then he, like, you know, gets taken by this gorilla who's, like, lost her baby or something and just decided to replace him with that her baby or I don't know and then sure. like at some point in it like the big bad you know gorilla guy like gets shot or whatever I mean like there's like you know I have a hard time with animal heavy and yeah. like all the different you know like parents dying and all the different things you know like that one was kind of like it's a good movie and it has its sure. really funny spots but like I don't know that you should not, watch that one I'm not gonna I'm never fucking gonna on a side note <laughs> I did see the new Little Mermaid movie mm -hmm. um I think I saw it on on Labor Day um it was it good it was awesome it I was see it. I went in with like medium expectations yeah. And I loved it. I, I can't wait to see it again. Like, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I like, um, so their movies, like, some of the remakes are really good. Others, not so much. So I'm kind of like, eh, about the remake until yeah. I actually, like, I see it, you know? I haven't seen, I haven't seen all the live action remakes. Like, I saw Cinderella and felt, eh, about it. I saw Beauty and the Beast and also felt, eh, about it. Yeah. Uh, I have not seen Lion King. Lion King was good. Okay, I did hear it was good. Um, so Lion King I think it was good. Yeah, they changed it just enough to where it wasn't quite like I was expecting them to stick more to Lion King. You know, mm -hmm. like not yeah. that they didn't, but like they like. I like Beyonce. Don't get me wrong. I have yeah. no beef with Beyonce. However, I think it's a little bit overdone when you add her to Lion okay. King. Like it's just like it goes to like it doesn't need to be like a. a a diva moment with uh, you know the singing okay. and stuff like yeah. just you know like mm -hmm. I don't know 
I, I there were things that I didn't like. I was like, eh, whatever about it. But I did overall yeah. really like it because that's like one of my favorite Disney movies. So right. Was there an Aladdin remake too? That yeah. I totally. I don't that even remember good. that. Again, they kind of like most of the remakes. I feel like though too, they kind of go off to the side. It's like mm-hmm. you know whatever movie it is, and it's just adjacent to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not yeah. quite what you were expecting. Mm-hmm. It's still good, but it's just not like. Yeah. yeah. Well, for the differences for The Little Mermaid that I noticed, I know it's a lot longer than the cartoon one, obviously. So they're yeah. adding stuff to it, which does yeah. alter it a bit. Um, uh, so they gave Prince Eric an actual personality, which was uh-huh. nice. Yeah. You know, because because like in the original, he's he just, just like exists. he's just this guy that she thinks is really hot. Yeah. And so uh, yeah. but this one, like. He's got a personality, and they have a lot in common. You can see why they connect, and they have fun yeah. together, even though she doesn't have a voice, you know? Yeah. Like, like it works out really well. And so you're like, okay, this this makes a lot more sense, you know? Yeah, like, I can do this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not just like, oh, there's a hot guy. Yeah. You know, like, so I thought that was cool. <laughs> kiss I, the girl. Why would he kiss the girl? He doesn't know the girl. He doesn't, like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, the, the eels, like Ursula's little eels. They do yeah. not talk in this movie, and I was bummed for that because I remember that being like the creepy part of the original. Oh yeah. And you know how I like this the creepy stuff. Yeah. So that didn't have. So I was a little bummed that they weren't doing that. There's a lot less flounder and a lot more scuttle, which is fine. But I remember really <laughs> loving flounder. So I kept being like, where, yeah. where, where's flounder? And then um, uh, I did. So I was looking for this, but I did hear that they had changed the kiss the girl song to be more consensual. And I was confused by that because she's kind of the one catfishing him in that moment. I know, like, she's literally like, hey, bro, hello. Yeah. You know, like. And so um, I I can't remember, they did, they did like, I think they left out a line, but I didn't notice a change at all. To be honest, I didn't okay. notice a change at all. And I didn't feel like it was more or less or anything even requiring consent really you know what yeah. i mean so i was like i don't even like, I don't... what and i was looking for it at the time so yeah um but anyways i thought um you know maybe maybe 45 minutes into that very long movie i was sold on her as ariel it did mm-hmm. take me a little bit of time um but she was freaking amazing and her voice is so similar to the original ariel's oh, really it really worked out for me yeah when yeah. she's saying part of this world I almost told you not to tell anybody, which seems a little ridiculous right now, but <laughs> I totally cried. <laughs> I totally was like, ah. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's good. So it, it was great. I, know, I can't wait to see it again. I want to see it. I, I know. Uh, um, I think my mom and my brother's girlfriend, we were talking about going and watching it at some point, but I don't know when that's going to happen. So, yeah. There's yeah. that. Well, you know, it'll be out streaming soon, and I'll just come over and we'll watch it. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. I also want movie theater popcorn, so. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. What are you it. doing this week, Lynn? We need to go watch some <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you sit in a movie theater for that long comfortably? Well, do they have any theaters around you with those big reclining seats? Mm-hmm. Well, then, yeah. yeah. Let's make that happen. Pretty much all of them. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Wait, hold on. Let me look at my calendar. I like that we're doing this on the record. None of that. (laughs) Whatever the thing is that's happening. Um, I can do it. (laughs) You're going to love this. I can do it on Friday, which is your due date. (laughs) (laughs) I think Travis and I will probably, I think we might have some plans for. (laughs) Do we have plans for Friday? I don't remember. 
I know Thursday is Eric's birthday and then Wednesday is like Killian's, you know, short day at school. So I know I can't be away that long. Oh, I can't do it Wednesday anyway. I've got a doctor's appointment right smack in the middle of the day. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, keep me, keep me updated on Friday. We'll figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cause Travis is still going to be at work on Friday unless, you know, we're in the hospital. Uh, Yeah. We're going to have to do it like at an early showing. Cause I will have to get Killian after school. Oh Yeah. So, yeah, but I totally and can then, come to you. And yeah. then, oh, that one of those sushi burrito places is like right next to the movie theater. Oh, hell yes. I'm down. All right. So, Do you think yeah. I can bring a sushi burrito into the theater? You know, I don't know, because I've heard that they let stuff in to some places and I don't like that would be one of those that we literally would have to walk all of the like 40 yards over to the movie theater and be like, can we go get food over here and bring it in? Or I could just bring a big-ass bag and shove it in the bottom and hope nobody notices me flinging raw fish everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Little Mermaid. The people will just think it's part of the sensory experience. I you know, know, right? Like, well, do you smell fish? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, you could do that. It might be tricky to eat, though, without light. Oh, there's that. I'm willing probably, to risk it. I'm willing probably to probably make it. a little bit of a mess, but that might be one of those that we go after. You know? All right, fine. Fine. Watch the movie and have some popcorn, and then we go and eat the sushi burritos after. Okay, I'm down. Because they have one that I can eat because it's just crab, so it's all cooked, right? Perfect. So, like all right, it. I'm down. Okay. Tell uh, Travis he's got to go to work on Friday. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, I mean, he's going to go to work on Friday. <laughs> Unless, you know. Neither one of us are here, so there's that. But yep. <laughs> um, what were we even doing? Oh, yeah, we were in our interesting facts. <laughs> I don't know what's oh, happening. Damn you, Phil Collins. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it says, the house used for the exterior shots is not the real Lizzie Borden bed, bed and breakfast. Um, it doesn't even resemble it. Um, but a photo of the real house can be seen on the back of a pamphlet that uh, Dean picks up in the lobby. Hmm. Okay. Um. It says, Sydney comes out of a bar called Molly's Hatchet Room. Uh, the band, Molly Hatchet, did a cover of Thin Lizzy's The Boys Are Back in Town, and Thin Lizzy is the name of this episode. Yeah, cool. Okay. Didn't know there was a band called Thin Lizzy. That is the one thing I knew about everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair. Um uh it says ever since it hit netflix supernatural has been one of the most watched series on netflix with new fans and diehard fans re-watching the episodes um finn wolfhard who plays jordy in this episode would go on to star in stranger things um which is considered to be one of netflix's most popular series since um its release that is true yeah finn those- wolfhard yeah yeah huh he was a little I- kid that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I don't know what I was going to say about that. but yeah. I don't know. Yes. I got distracted and I started talking and then I realized I cut you off. And then I don't know, what I like, I don't know what's happening. That's fine. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> so our research uh, for this week is off of Ranker. <laughs> Yay. <Again. laughs> As it should be. I know, right? And it's shocking facts about the alleged axe murderer Lizzie Borden. Um, (laughs) It starts off with Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. (laughs) 
This simple children's rhyme retells the morbid, fascinating tale of Lizzie Borden, who was acquitted for the 1892 axe murders of her father, Andrew Borden, and stepmother, Abby Borden. Uh, Despite the ruling, she was widely considered guilty at the time, but was Lizzie Borden a murderer? Whatever you believe, these shocking facts about Lizzie Borden shed new light on this infamous figure. I just, like, could not read that sentence really, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> Lizzie Borden's biography and her family's house have been fa- uh, subjects of fascin- not fascination, <laughs> fascination <laughs> since the case began. Oh, wait. Um, <laughs> while the murders will likely always remain officially unsolved, um, this always in- it's always interesting to learn more about the life of Lizzie Borden. Stories from her eventful life paint a picture of a complicated, intriguing woman. Um, (laughs) The first thing it says, her parents were hacked to death. Um, It says the brutality of the Borden murders horrified the community. Uh, Andrew Borden was struck with an axe or other blunt object and estimated 11 times. And Abby Borden was struck and estimated 18. Mm -hmm. Andrew's body was discovered warm, indicating that he had been killed sometime after his wife. His face, in particular, was especially mutilated. Um, The murder weapon was never definitively established, but police found an old hatchet in the basement of the Borden house. Its wooden handle had been snapped off, perhaps to hide traces of blood. Okay, first of all, how do you snap off the handle of, like, a hatchet? You don't do that. If If a hatchet falls apart, it's like the metal disconnecting from the wood. You're not, like... Yeah, that's weird. Maybe yeah, they were a poorly made hatchet, or you yeah, have I was gonna to say maybe they were different back strong. then. Like, maybe they were different back then. I don't know, or just constructed yeah. differently. I don't know though. They would be too much. I feel like that's not gonna change too much. Oh, hi, Steve. Also, like, <laughs> would you just get rid of the whole weapon and not, not half of the weapon? Yeah, like, why wouldn't like, you? What's just... the point of that? They're in the backyard. It's not like they had like drug sniffing. You're, you're or not, not yeah. drug sniffing dogs. Like. <laughs> Like, you already have to get rid of that bloody part or whatever that you did that you've snapped off, right? Yeah, just snapped get rid off. of the whole thing. Right. So that doesn't really make sense to me. It doesn't either to me either, but you know, whatever. Okay. Um, so it says she might have been a victim of sexual abuse. Um, some historians speculate that Borden and her sister Emma may have been victims of incest. Their Oof. mother died when they were both very or when they were both young, and perhaps their father began sexually abusing them. Family's isolation and the fact that neither Borden daughter ever married give additional weight to this theory. And then there are the facts of the killings themselves. Andrew Borden was struck in the face multiple times, indicating that the murderer harbored intense anger or hatred towards him. Perhaps Borden snapped after years of abuse. I feel like... I mean... If you go for somebody's face, it is more personal. <laughs> yeah. I just... You know? I don't know. But I feel like, well, I don't still, know. I was going to say, like, I feel like you need a little bit them. more. Yeah. But, but who am I to say? Maybe there is more. I don't know. For that theory to yeah. come up. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it says she purchased poison shortly before the murders. Um, it says, was an axe always the murder weapon of choice? Perhaps not, depending on what you believe about Borden purchasing a household poison called prussic acid. Um, in the summer of 1892, she claimed she wanted to use the acid to kill bugs on a fur coat, but several members of the Borden household came down with a mysterious illness two days before the murders. <laughs> this led to some speculation Borden initially attempted to poison her father and stepmother. 
Mm, okay. I mean, that one that one checks out a little bit more. Like, oh, you're I just all so, of a sudden so. all sick, you know? Like, right? Whatever. Yeah. Um, this one it says she burned her dress before her arrest. Um, in the week between the murders and Borden's arrest, Borden burned one of her dresses. She claimed the dress had been stained with paint, but police had been suspicious of Borden since the initial discovery of the bodies. Prosecutors alleged Borden burned the dress because it had been covered in the blood stains of her murdered parents. I mean, how often do people that's been like, a little, that's a little suspicious. The yeah. the poison and the dress, that's suspicious. Those two things yeah. together. Yeah, I could For see sure. that. Okay. Yeah. Um, it says she gave a questionable alibi. It says, assuming Borden was innocent, she could not have been in the house at the time of her parents' killings without hearing the murders or possibly becoming a victim herself. So where was she? Borden claimed she was in the loft of the barn behind the house eating pears, but investigators found this fishy. (laughs) The loft was so stifling hot that day that they were skeptical anyone could stay in there for 20 minutes. Uh, What's more, there were no footprints in the hay leading into or out of the loft. Which, maybe there would be. Right, I was going to say, that's... Hey, I deal with hay every day. Like, I can walk over the, the straw bedding in the goat's, you know, pen and, like... You're not going to see my footprints. I can walk over the hay a bunch of times and you're not going to, it's like, it's yeah. not like grass, you know, <laughs> like it's dried out. It's going to bounce back. So mm-hmm. that is weird though, anyway. that she just happened to be in the barn for that amount of time. Was she the one who found the bodies? I don't know. I'm okay. sure it probably says somewhere in here. Okay. I don't right. know anything about her. So I don't, I don't yeah. know anything about the case other than what she is supposed to have done but you know that's it yeah 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 okay Mm -hmm. um this says she might have been a lesbian uh borden never married and later in life had a close friendship with actress nance o'neill um it's unclear whether their relationship was romantic but in a letter borden wrote to o'neill she said i dreamed of you the other night but i do not dare put my dreams on paper some scholars have speculated borden had a relationship with bridget sullivan her family's maid Abby may have discovered the affair, giving Borden a motive for the murders. Which, okay, you know, people have killed for less, so. That's true. I'm glad, well, I'm not glad that you said any of that, but I was going to say, I I was hoping we weren't going for, like, she's gay, so she must be a killer, because I was going to be like, ooh, (laughs) that's not cool, dude. No, somebody found her out. (laughs) Yeah, okay, all right. Um. Especially back in the 1800s, eh, oh, right. that's, right, right. that's it's pretty found upon. So, you know, there's that. Yep. Um, so it says she disliked her stepmother. Um, Borden and her sister, Emma, both disliked their stepmother, Abby Borden. The pair refused to eat dinners with the family and referred to Abby as Miss, uh, Mrs. Borden instead of mother. Um, which, why did she? Whatever. Anyway. You do not need to call step-parents mother or father. Like, you don't have to no. do that. That's not required Back of you. then, though, that was kind of a, you know. All right. So. And it is still kind of a thing with, like, more, I don't know, conservative, I guess, families. Is that, it? Like, they want, like, oh, call them mom or call oh. them, you know, whatever. I didn't know that. Which, okay. It can be. Not all the time, but I have met a few, you know, that it's, like, they yeah. call them mom, but it's not their mom, and it's just a whole, like, it confuses everybody, basically. <laughs> Which, yeah. I mean, whatever. If you if that's what you want to call them, like, go for yeah. it. You know? Yeah, I think but, if everybody wants that, then that's super cool, you know? Yeah, but I don't think but, it should be forced. But, but yeah. yeah, back in the day, who the fuck knows? So. Okay. Yeah. 
Got it. Um, it says the tension in the family likely grew in part from their financial situation. Uh, Borden's father, Andrew Borden, was notoriously stingy despite his successful business investments. Um, he wouldn't even install running water in the house. However, he did transfer ownership of one of his rental properties to his new wife, a fact that rankled Borden and her sister, who worried um, that their stepmother was decreasing their own inheritance. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, the woman in the household began locking their doors to keep each other out. Borden once even pushed her writing desk against her bedroom door to prevent Mrs. Borden from entering. I mean, that's just normal behavior for, <laughs> for teenagers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Um, it says her father's skull was displayed during the trial. It says public interest was high in Borden's trial and a few sensational move, uh, moments during the event claimed, uh, um, it says, a special attention, but just special attention. Um, <laughs> one day, for instance, Surgeon William A. Dolan uh, presented a plaster cast of Andrew Borden's skull to the jury in order to explain his injuries. The skull was riddled with gaping holes from the axe wounds. Um, while the crowd reportedly craned their necks to see the morbid object, Borden became so horrified she was permitted to leave the room. She listened to the medical testimony from a side room instead. Hmm. Like, if she was that horrified by it, she probably... I mean, it could it could be either way, honestly. Yeah, like... That's it, not a way to prove anything. To be, like, she's just horrified at what she's done, or she's horrified because she it's, like, new information, you know? Right. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, where am I? Okay. It says her gender likely swayed the jury. Um, Borden's trial was surprisingly short. The entire ordeal only lasted two weeks in the summer of 1893. The decision of the jury took even less time. The panel deliberated just 68 minutes before acquitting her of the murders. Hmm. The verdict shocked the public. Um, the evidence against Borden was strong, though circumstantial. So why was she declared innocent? The answer likely has to do with her gender. The Victorian mind-celled, mind-celled? Victorian mm. mindset held <laughs> that woman, the fairer sex, couldn't commit couldn't commit brutal crimes. Um, that belief probably influenced the all-male jury. Oh, interesting. Well, um, they can. <laughs> I know, <right? laughs> Definitely can. Yeah. Um, it says she wow. became socialite after the murders. Um, it says Borden and her sister, Emma, purchased a mansion in the wealthy side of their Massachusetts town after Borden's acquittal. Um, Borden became known for her elaborate parties at the home. Rumors even circulated that Borden had a palm tree imported for an island-themed soiree. Um, her carefree behavior led many townspeople to turn on her, and the public consensus became that she was guilty. So they're jealous of her, and they're going to be she like, must have done she it. must be guilty because I don't like her, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's wow. not how things like it just isn't but you yeah. know whatever. Um, it says she was shunned after her acquittal um, it says before the trial Borden seemed like the last person anybody in a small Massachusetts town would accuse of murder um, Borden was an avid churchgoer a Sunday school teacher and a member of the women's Christian temperance union um, however public opinion changed after the trial when Borden attended her first service after her acquittal, no one would sit next to her. Borden's alienation extended beyond the church. For years, children reportedly pelleted her house, pelleted, pelted <laughs> her house with rocks and rotten eggs Ugh. and rang her doorbell in the middle of the night. 
Borden's grave has been repeatedly vandalized as well. Um, it says she had a falling out with her sister later in life. Um, it says years after her acquittal, Borden's relationship with her sister, Emma, soured. Um, the pair shared a home they purchased with their inheritance, but Emma abruptly moved out in 1905, and the sisters never spoke again. Emma never gave a reason for her falling out with Borden, but some speculate she may have changed her mind about her sister's guilt. Or her sister was like, hey, I did this, and she was like, I'm going to just leave, you know? <laughs> right, yeah, interesting. Like, I wouldn't want to, like, even if it was, you know... Like, if my brother killed my parents and I didn't think it was him or whatever, and then, like, we were, like, living together for some reason, and he's like, guess what? I actually did this. I'd be like, yeah, I'm moving out. You know? like, Yeah, totally. Because <laughs> like, now I'm a little suspicious, but also, like, clearly you're capable, so. Yeah, I don't really want to sleep in the same house Yeah, you're in. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, all that being said, my brother would never do that. <laughs> but still, you know, like yeah, anybody put put anybody in there, you know, like right. Nope. Um, it says she had a sense of foreboding the night before the crime. Um, the night before the murders took place, Borden visited her friend Alice Russell. At the trial, Russell said Borden expressed feelings of fear that night. Borden said she felt something terrible was about to occur and that she should sleep with one eye open. Some believe this indicates Borden was innocent, while others feel it was a calculated attempt to cover her tracks by masking herself as a concerned, concerned, concerned daughter. (laughs) Hmm. I wonder if they asked her, like, what were you really, you know, why, why were you scared? You know, like if something had happened with somebody else, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure they probably did. Yeah, I want oh, that info. Soon. I mean, I, bet I can different. find all this info online. It's oh, fascinating. No. I sh- I'm gonna I'm gonna read up on that, and then one day we're going. We're gonna stay in Lizzie's room. We're not gonna Ouija board because I don't do that shit anymore. But we'll do something. Yeah. That's on you. I'm not doing that. <laughs> you wouldn't go there with me. I'm not gonna stay there. Okay. What if we just visited, not overnight. Maybe. Depends on how I was feeling that day. <laughs> how much coffee I'd had, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, mm, maybe. Okay. I can't say yes or no, because if you're just going and visiting, that's one thing. Staying there, I don't want to stay there. But. We don't have to stay there. If if we go, like, on a ghost hunting excursion, and I don't even mean ghost hunting, I just mean visiting some supposedly haunted places, we don't have to, like, stay at night. We don't have to be there at night. I'm not going to make you do that. Okay? <laughs> well, it's not even, I mean, yeah, it's just the, like, I want to be able to be alert. Yeah. You know, if shit were to go sideways. <laughs> yeah. I just want to see those places and look around and be like, whoa, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, like, I, I understand that side of it for yeah. sure. Yeah. I don't but have I to, really I don't like... have to do, like, actual ghost hunting. And we don't have to do, like, night tours. Although, I want to, but we don't have to, you know? <laughs> I did, I mean, I did a, I think I've said before, like, we did, like, a ghost walk or something like that when we were in London, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Like, that sort of stuff, yeah, okay, fine, you know, like, whatever. I'm probably not going to get in the elevator that they say keeps deflecting to the basement and you get no, locked in and you can't no. get out but like I I don't even <laughs> like being in elevators 
normally now. So <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to do that. We're not going to fucking haunted elevators. God damn. No. <laughs> uh, you know what is what what just became uh, a thing? So the Conjuring House, which is in Rhode mm-hmm. Island, um, uh, it's the house that like the Perron family was in, and it's like the the first Conjuring movie is about that haunting. Um, yeah. It, um, so they've like keep going through different owners, and the current owners have made it a whole a whole experience. You know where you can ghost hunt, you can do daytime tours, you can do night tours, you can spend the night specifically to do like the ghost adventures and okay hold tell me what you're gonna what you're laughing about what what happened what happened i just heard like a little crash and then steve (laughs) (laughs) what did she get here brother maisie she came in here and she's like something went down i'm pretty sure you did it you look really guilty (laughs) she's like i fucked up <laughs> Steve Don't called me out. Please don't, please don't hate me. <laughs> she's Look so cute. Face. I can see her. She's like, I love you. I love she's you. Like, I'm I sorry. Did. <laughs> I did a thing. Your ears are bad. Yep. I was trying to keep it together. <laughs> that was adorable though. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when Steve makes those noises. I wish I would have heard it. <laughs> okay, so what I was going to say is, while all of that is not really new info, the owners have just announced or put out there that you can camp on outside the house and like, the different areas outside. The house? No, the Conjuring House in Rhode oh, Island. the Conjuring House, okay. Yeah, yes, yeah, and so I was like, well, Rochelle wants to go camping. <laughs> I mean, this not is like... fucking there! <laughs> I mean, that is like a demon thing going on there. <laughs> Like that's straight up demons. I'll, <laughs> I'll go camp other places, but <laughs> I don't need to camp near where shit goes is side. It weird? Is it weird that I'm like, I don't want to camp outside because like bears and and you know creepy asshole people, but demons, let's do this. Like <laughs> with me. <laughs> the thing that I could literally not defend myself against <laughs> versus something that I could shoot. You know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, yeah, that sounds. That sounds like the one. Okay. Oh, man. All right. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of haunted, it says her house may be haunted. <laughs> um, it says the sites of violent acts are often rumored to be haunted. And what acts could be more violent than a double axe murder? Um, Borden's house still stands in Fall River, uh, Massachusetts, and has been converted into a bed and breakfast, allowing brave guests to seek out its ghostly inhabitants themselves. They can even stay in the room where Abby Borden was found hacked to death. Um, Visitors and workers have reported strange happenings in the home, including unexplained noises and lights turning off and on on their own. Mm. Uh, The last one was she was considered a spinster. Um, By the standards of the time, Lizzie Borden's marital status was considered unusual. In her early 30s, she remained unmarried. In fact, the local newspaper referred to to her as a spinster of 32 when first reporting on the case. Oh, God. (laughs) Yep. I'm so glad that's uh, not a thing anymore. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's the Bordens there. Um, (laughs) What was your Isidrasset moment from this week? Okay, so this was like a month ago. I um, 
I so Eric brought home some sushi for me one day. Sure. I don't remember why he was out and why I wasn't with him. Regardless, he brought me sushi, so I love him forever. Okay. <laughs> um, so I am, you know, really excited about this sushi. I am, I think he's working. Like, I think it was just like lunch, like, because Killian was at school. So I was just like yeah. hoovering it by myself, basically. Yeah. Right. And like, God knows what, just like doom scrolling or whatever. <laughs> and like, I remember thinking, like, these are really thick pieces of sushi, like, bigger than normal, you know? But like, mm-hmm. It's difficult to, like, cut a piece of sushi in half or even just bite it in half. You're going to lose all your innards, and you're not going to be able to eat that second half, right? It's a whole thing. What are you laughing at? What? Have you ever tried? That shit's hard. You're losing the innards of the thick piece of sushi. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I said when I said. So... (laughs) Okay, so I am, this isn't going to get any better. So I am enthusiastically eating these large pieces of sushi, right? So I'm opening my mouth really wide, right? (laughs) Not too wide, comfortably wide, you know? It's just a normal, I don't remember being in any, like, I don't remember feeling any distress. Okay. Okay, so. (laughs) Okay, keep going. (laughs) So that's that. I finished my sushi. I I put some chapstick on. I go to kill. (laughs) What? You had to add the chapstick on. I'm just giving you the chain of events. I'm crying. Oh. (laughs) I think I'm having a hot flash. Okay, so I go to kill it. So I'm late. I'm late to pick up Killian at this point from school. So I rush to school to pick up Killian. And he's like, What's wrong with your mouth? I'm like, What do you mean? I look in the mirror while I pull up my phone and like look in the camera. Uh I had eaten that sushi so enthusiastically that I cracked the corners of my mouth and had blood dripping down. Oh my god. (laughs) How do you even do that? I don't know. Like, (laughs) I swear I've eaten thicker pieces of sushi. to my dermatologist to talk about this amongst other things and he laughed just like you are so <laughs> and then he gave me some ointment so <laughs> oh man yeah okay. so what was your or aspect moment <laughs> Okay, so, um, yeah, mine, (laughs) 
I uh, I just felt really dumb because <laughs> so I was going to the store. I walk in the store and I'm just like completely zoned out, right? I had just gotten off work and I was like looking on my phone to like, you know, add stuff to the get like go get this stuff list. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I had somebody that was like, oh, hey, you know, like a client that like apparently I'd only seen like one time. Right. So like, OK, because yeah. I looked it up later and I was like, OK, right. you know, like who like uh, who was that? You know, yeah. Um, which, you know, whatever. And like looked really familiar. But I was like, I don't And She's like, oh, hey, how's it going? How's this going? Or whatever. I'm just like. Oh God! <laughs> right, yeah. Like I know I know you, but I don't I know. She, know well, she said, how. She's like, oh yeah, you're. She's like, I have an appointment with you on Friday or whatever, and all that sort of stuff. And she was like, oh, you're, you know, my massage therapist. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I just felt really stupid because it was like, oh, okay, you know, like <sighs> I just, yeah. I, I was completely zoned out, did not expect anybody to even look at me, let alone talk to me and expect me to, like, use a brain cell or two. Yeah. And so I was like, ah, and I felt really dumb. And so then I went and looked her up and I was like, oh, yeah, OK, no, I do remember her. But I'd only seen her like the one time or something mm-hmm. like that. So and I I saw her like a couple days later and I was like, hey, like long time no see, like trying to play it off. Yeah. And I don't know if I was successful, but that's fine. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know what? I don't think that's weird at all. Like, I I don't expect any of my doctors to recognize me or even remember me when I come see them again, unless I've been seeing them for literal years, you know, yeah. like frequently. Yeah. So I'm just like, you probably see how many people in a day? Like, it's got to be so you know, repetitive. Like, like I, I'm sure like, I just and you're not really like looking at people's faces for most of that time <laughs> in that dim room, oh, you know? Right. So yeah, I just I never well, I never yeah, expect anyone to. Like, yeah. There's been so many times where people come in and I've seen them five or six times and I cannot for the life of me place them. But the second that like they're on the table, I'm like, oh, I recognize that too. You're that tattoo. Oh. You're the one that like has the three dogs or whatever. Oh, you know? yeah. Like, it's like oh okay, you know. But like, can I tell people by their face? No. Yeah. You know, like, not even a little bit. Or I'll like recognize the name like on the calendar and like look at the thing and be like okay I've done this this and this this checks out but then I go and I like go to bring them back into the room and I'm like who the hell are you you know right they don't look familiar at all but I know their name I know what's going on I know what I'm going to be doing with them but like the face means nothing you know yeah so yeah Hmm. yeah also, that, I think that's cool that she was like, you're my massage. Like, she told you how you know her, which I've been in those yeah. moments where, like, I'm trying to say hi to somebody who clearly doesn't remember me, you know, or, you know, and, and like, I'm always yeah. like, oh, uh, okay, nice to see you. Bye. You know, and then yeah. I, like, run away and, you know, yeah, never. Like, oh, yeah, you're my massage therapist, aren't yeah. you? And I was like, yeah. Uh, so that's cool that you know. she explained, because I never have the balls to do that in that moment. I'm always just like, I'm creeping you out. I'm sorry. Goodbye. You know? So, <laughs> yeah. So. No, no. I, it was, I mean, it was fine, but I just kind of felt dumb because I was like, oh, she clearly expects me to, like, really remember her. And hmm. I did remember her to an extent. Like, she looked familiar and, like, kind of seemed familiar, but, like, I'd seen her, like, once, so. Right. Yeah. Anyway. 
But... I'm sure that she was fine with it. It didn't sound like it was Oh, good. yeah, She's no, still... it's fine. I saw her that, yeah. like, a couple days later, and she was just like, right. oh, hey, how's it going? Just, like, chatted or whatever, and it was fine. But it was just kind of one of those, like, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, totally. then at that point, you have to say something about it, right? Like, right. And so yeah. I was like, I think I said something to the effect of like, oh, sorry, like I was kind of zombied out after work or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't, you know, using my brain or whatever. And like, yeah. just kind of tried to make an excuse. <laughs> but I'm sure it was fine. Yeah. But yeah, I get it, though. I get like, I think I've been in that situation where someone's like, I know. Oh, I do remember what happened. I'm going to tell you my little awkward story now. Reminded <laughs> me. This was uh, OK. So when I started working for Barnes & Noble, when I was like, I think I was 19, um there was there was a girl who worked there and her daughter also worked there her daughter was 16 and I think at that time maybe she was 15 whatever you could only work a certain amount of you know hours a week being that age Mm -hmm. so she didn't see her very often but we did work together for like a year and a half and like after that we um let's see I I transferred to the federal way store and then um and then her mom transferred to my store like five years after that Uh maybe even more than that I don't know so it's been a while her daughter Mm -hmm. came into the store at that point who I had not seen in all that time she was like what 15 or 16 the last time I saw her so she looks a little different now you know yeah yeah that's a different chunk of change or big time for change she came in I didn't recognize her and she was like Lynn how are you and she came up and just like flung herself on me and I'm hugging her like clearly this is not just a customer yeah, right like, who is like, this? I'm like oh god and she's like how are you and I'm trying not to have that look on my face you know but I'm like I'm good how are you <laughs> you know she's like I'm good she's like she's like have you seen my mom and I'm thinking and it didn't even connect yeah oh yeah no connect. and I was just like no uh is she here you know, and I'm just like, how do I, I don't even know what's happening. And then her mm-hmm. mom comes around the corner and, you know, takes her away, whatever. And then her mom comes up to me later. She's like, I'm so sorry. I should have told you she was going to come. And I was like, oh, no, I don't care that I just, I just did not recognize her and did not know who it was. And I feel stupid. So, Ugh. and it was the whole thing. And I, I mean, that's that. not unreasonable, though. Like, oh, no. It's been years, you know? <laughs> still, I still clearly have issues. Okay. Sometimes if people, like, change their hair color, I can't even, like, figure it out. So, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay, I didn't mean to, like, make your story my story. Sorry. Oh, no, whatever. You're good. Okay. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspects, a supernatural podcast. Please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and email us your Idgit and Aspect moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.